The Lord be with you and also with you. Lift up your hearts, we lift them up. We gather for ordered worship in the spirit of one who sang, Unite the pair so long disjoined, knowledge and vital piety, learning and holiness combined, truth and love for all to see. The liturgy, music, and homily this Veterans Sunday are offered in the praise of God for our gathered congregation here within Marsh Chapel for our radio congregation across New England at WBUR 90.9 FM and for our internet listenership now and later at WBUR.org. We welcome your prayerful and material support, your written or emailed responses, your self-selection of forms of leadership and service and ministry in our midst, and as the Spirit moves, come Sunday, your presence with us in worship. This Sunday morning, as is our regular custom, it is our particular delight and joy to welcome into the leadership of our service, Marsh Chapel's own inner strength gospel choir under the directorship of Herbert S. Jones. This is the day the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. As we are able, may we stand in the praise of God.
May we pray? O God, whose blessed Son came into the world that he might destroy the works of the devil and make us children of God and heirs of eternal life, grant that, hoping this hope, we may purify ourselves as he is pure, that when he comes again with power and great glory, we may be made like him in his eternal and glorious kingdom, where he lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. So the apostle teaches, let love be genuine, hate what is evil, hold fast what is good, hold fast what is good, love one another with mutual affection, outdo one another in showing honor, never lag in zeal, be ardent in spirit, serve the Lord, rejoice in your hope, be patient in tribulation, constant in prayer, contribute to the needs of the saints, practice hospitality. As we hear and overhear his call to faithfulness, may we bow as the choir guides us for our time of silent prayer of confession. Let us pray. Lord, have mercy. Hear good news. If we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thanks be to God. A lesson from the book of Ruth, chapter 3, verses 1 through 5, 
and chapter 4, verses 13 through 17. Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, My daughter, I need to seek some security for you, so that it may be well with you. Now here is your kinsman Boaz, with whose young woman you have been working. See, he is winnowing barley tonight at the threshing floor. Now wash and anoint yourself, and put on your best clothes, and go down to the threshing floor. But do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. When he lies down, observe the place where he lies. Then go and uncover his feet and lie down, and he will tell you what to do. She said to her, All that you tell me, I will do. So Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife. When they came to the Lord, who has not left you to this day, together the Lord made her conceive, and she bore a son. Then the woman said to Naomi, Blessed to the Lord, who has not left you to this day without next of kin. And may he, his name be renowned in Israel. He shall be to you a restorer of life and nourisher of your old age. For your daughter-in-law, who loves you, who is more to you than seven sons, has borne him. Then Naomi took the child and laid him in her bosom, and became his nurse. The woman of the neighborhood gave to him the name, saying, A son has been born to Naomi. They named him Obed, and became the father of Jesse, the father of David. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Please join me in saying verses from Psalm 127 with the Antiphon. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord guards the city, the guard keeps watch in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives sleep to his beloved. Sons are indeed a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the sons of one's youth. Happy is the man who has quiver full of them. He shall not put to shame when he speaks to his enemies in the gate. Let us stand as we are able for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the reading of the Gospel. Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Mark, chapter 12, verses 38 through 44. Glory to you, O Lord. As he taught, he said, Beware of the scribes, who like to walk around in long robes, and to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces, and to have the best seats in the synagogues and places of honor at banquets. They devour widows' houses, and for the sake of appearance, say long prayers. They will receive the greater condemnation. He sat down opposite the treasury and watched the crowd putting money into the treasury. Many rich people put in large sums. A poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which are worth a penny. Then he called his disciples and said to them, Truly, I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the treasury. For all of them have contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ.
please be seated. Hold fast to what is good. This is a verse we remember and revere, Romans 12, 9. To return to it, a beloved, familiar passage evokes, must evoke, some sense of humility rooted in praise, some sense of understanding rooted in wonder, some sense of life rooted in an awareness of death, some sense of love rooted in need, some sense of longing rooted amid all the daily ennui, asadia, and loneliness of life. Come Sunday, for all the guns fired midweek and all the fires burning weekday and weekend, we reach up and we reach out to hold on to the good. So, come Sunday, we return to a familiar verse in a familiar place, a space like this one, Marsh Chapel, laden with the recollections of the good. We listen for a word of faith and a pastoral voice toward a common hope. This is November 11, 2018, 100 years since the end of the First World War, the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month, the war to end all wars. We notice again that in our balcony here at Marsh Chapel, you can find a stained glass window which remembers four veterans, chaplains in the Second World War. On this Sunday, Veterans Day, we remember them. As Daniel Marsh reminded us, In the early days of World War II, the SS Dorchester, laden to capacity with soldiers, was struck by a torpedo. On board were four chaplains. They were of different denominations and traditions, Protestant, Catholic, and Jewish. Their ship was hit and began to sink. In prayer, the four determined to take off their own life jackets and to give those four jackets to four young men who had none. It is a bracing warning sign and story for us. Life is so unpredictable, so random. You never quite know what might emerge. Granted that most of us are not and will not be in the crisis faced by those four chaplains, nonetheless their courage Their courage as veterans and as ministers humbles us and inspires us, too. So we name them. George L. Fox, a Methodist preacher, BU graduate. Clark Vandersall Poling, a Dutch Reformed preacher. John P. Washington, a Roman Catholic priest. And Alexander Good, a Jewish rabbi. They were on deck together, praying when the ship made her final plunge. We are drawn, again, to recall such a sacrifice remembered in our stained glass window. In a week past, when a Southern California policeman, Officer Ron Halis, with a wife and family and a year from retirement, lost his life responding to rapacious, outrageous, needless, senseless gun violence. If all 49 other states had the gun laws of our Commonwealth of Massachusetts, we would be in better shape as a country. 
It is tempting to let dismay and discouragement overwhelm. Yet, we will want to bear in mind that over time, matters in public health can change and do, and may it be so, regarding guns over time will. Fifty years ago, 40% of Americans, American adults, smoked cigarettes. Today that percentage is 14%. Real change is real hard, but it comes in real time when real people really work at it. Giving up is not an option. Hold fast to what is good. This calendar year and all our preaching summer and fall on hope and looking back 50 years through the year, we honored the life and ministry of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. In January with Dr. Walter Fluker, in April with the Reverend Cornell William Brooks and Governor Deval Patrick, in September with Dean Lawrence Carter. Yet we also in the spring term honored and remembered the birth of our own inner strength gospel choir 45 years ago. We gathered on the morning of April 28th to learn, to listen, to listen to speeches and memories, and then to hear the Inner Strength Gospel Choir sing under the adroit leadership of Director Herbert S. Jones. It was a profound moment, impressive in its recollection that the choir came together 45 years ago to hold fast what is good, to provide mutual support in a time and in an environment that could be fully hostile. We are so pleased and proud to have the Inner Strength Gospel Choir singing with us today. And through the year, we are proud to have the choir representing Marsh Chapel and the University in various guest appearances and travels. On April 28th, we were captivated and enthralled to hear the choir sing as their concluding offering, Oh, Happy Day. How do we find inner strength? In the face of sin, death, and the threats of meaninglessness, we do so in mutual support, in the joy of song, and by holding on to the good, hold fast to what is good. Our exemplars from scripture this morning are heroines of the Bible, both women. Ruth's complex, multivalent story, a series of sermons in itself, which, as you remember, began last week with the courage to leave the familiar, continues today in her grasp of security for the future. Naomi reminds her, and she reminds us, that we need not fear to state our needs Say what you need, name what you need, so that, as Naomi says, it may be well with you. Then in our gospel, the famous widow of Mark 12 makes her appearance, as she does every third autumn in our lectionary round of readings. The ordinary perception of her as a pillar of generous giving, which she is, misses the admonishment of those of us of means. There is a poignant recollection here in the comparison of one who gives much, we might read too much, everything she had, all she had to live on, 
In contrast to those who give little, we might read too little, out of their, out of our abundance. The widow's voice is an alto, second level voice, not that of Jesus, not soprano, not written only by Mark, not tenor, not absorbed in the history of interpretation, not base. Oddly, of all the Christian writers, only one fully cites this passage, one Comidianus. She may have been included by Mark just here, simply by connection with the earlier teaching about disregard for widows. The admonitions here are like others from the Gospels, woes to the city of Galilee, woes for the rich, criticisms of the current generation, threats to this generation, threats to Jerusalem, woes to the daughter of Jerusalem, woes to those who say, Lord, Lord, rejection of false disciples, warning about the parousia and others. The widow before us today came to life in the experience of the early church, a true alto voice. This narrative probably originated in a sermon, a sermon meant perhaps to present the master as a living contemporary and to comfort and admonish the church in her hope. Later, Matthew has deleted the story of the widow, it is unclear why, while Luke keeps her in keeping with his own emphases on generosity. Think of the Good Samaritan and the prodigal son. Mark apparently puts her in just here because of the use of the word widow in the sentence before. Make no mistake about it. At the sight of religion frozen into ritualism, at the sight of superficiality and love of self in the world, her voice, this message, becomes a cry, a cry out in woe and repentance, a cry out for the good. Hold fast to what is good. In the widow's more ordinary conscription to exemplify giving with generosity, one finds a harbinger of goodness waiting to be discovered again by another generation of women and men who will enter the ministry. There they, you, will find her, salt and light, in the very heart of the life of ministry, ministry endless in its labors but also precious in its gifts. Her story in the Bible would not mean very much alone if we had not also seen her, heard her, known her in experience in our own life and ministry. I call her out in her modern incarnations this morning, this giving, generous widow. Here is Bernice Danks, whose husband ran the Cornell Veterinary School. She, an Ithaca nurse, later widow, and a teacher of nurses whose favorite word was the word routine. She said, I tell my students to protect what is routine. We call the most important things the routine things because the most important things are the routine things. Singing with joy in the choir, attending countless endless meetings with a good humor, 
greeting every day with its losses and its gains in a steady, real smile. Here she is, an exemplar of goodness. Here is Seta Mo, a North Country widow, living alone for years on a small pension, reading at dusk in the cold tundra twilight. On her own years earlier, she had gone from house to house to raise money for some beautiful stained glass in an otherwise modest church, she said. I felt I could and I should do something for the church. We need more beauty here, more beautiful things up here, around here, to keep us going. Here she is, an exemplar of goodness. Here is Mickey Murray, a Syracuse widow whose husband died at age 40. She left to raise her three children alone. Every Wednesday in those years of child raising, she went to the church after work and cooked a full meal for her own kids and 20 or so others, then had them play, sing, read the Bible, and do their homework together. She had every earthly reason to complain about the cards life dealt her. Instead, she practiced a communal generosity and made a lasting difference in her city neighborhood. Here she is, an exemplar of goodness. Here is Ruth Lippett, a Rochester widow who all her life gave voice to the longing for peace and justice she had learned as a graduate student in Chicago under the influence of Ernest Fremont Tittle. She gathered 10 elderly friends for dinner in her home to meet the new minister a year before she died, and before the meal was served said bluntly, tell him who you are, one by one, you have two minutes and I will ring this bell if you go longer. Yes, the ministry has its rigors, but it also has its own sheer joys. Here she is, an exemplar of goodness. Hold fast to the good. Beloved, let us draw ourselves together and affirm our faith. Whence cometh our hope? From the Lord who made heaven and earth, the creator, the ground of being, the God beyond God, the invisible, unknowable, unutterable, unattainable, the first, the last, beyond all thought, the transcendent. What is the point of our living? The meaning of life is in the living of life, to worship God and glorify God forever. How is this possible in the face of silence, darkness, mystery, accident, pride, immaturity, tragedy, and these threats of meaninglessness? By walking in the dark with our transforming friend, the transcript in time of who God is in eternity, the gift of the Father's unfailing grace, our beacon, not our boundary, the presence of the absence of God, Jesus Christ, our Kyrios, our Lord. Given our failures, our gone wrongness, our sin, what daily hope have we 
as those who hope for what we do not yet see. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is promise. There is a self-correcting spirit of truth loose in the universe. There is a self-correcting spirit of truth loose in the universe. How do we follow the trail of such spirit? By generous giving, by ordered Sunday worship, by honest faithfulness in relationships. And at Marsh Chapel, what is our envisioned mission? To be a heart for the heart of the city and to provide a worship service in the service of the city. And you are making headway in the areas of voice, vocation, and volume. Hold fast to what is good. Hold fast to what is good. Hold fast to what is good. We now come to the time in our service when we turn our hearts and minds to prayer and lift up our lives and ourselves to God. Please assume an attitude and posture of prayer by either remaining seated, standing, kneeling, or coming to the communion rail as we sing together our call to prayer, Lead Me, Lord. Dear Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to come together in your house. You who have been with us and shown us love this week, we ask that you continue to be with the families of Tree Life Synagogue and the Thousand Oaks community in Los Angeles. In places where beloved communities come together, hate has invaded these places. May each and every one of us work to drive out such hate. We pray that we as humans can put politics aside and find a way to end this senseless violence. May we serve as a reminder to one another that we as humans can be the light in the darkness that we seek. As the nights get longer and the temperature cooler, may you continue to be a source of warmth for those affected by homelessness and scarcity. Let us hold fast to what is good and remember that real change is real hard and it takes real time. In these moments of darkness, when the fabric of humanity is being challenged, may you help us find hope in one another. May we remember that it is a miracle to be alive and well. Lord, we thank you for being Jehovah Jireh, our provider. And now we pray as your son Jesus Christ taught us. Our Father, 
who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Good morning. We welcome you again to Mars Chapel this morning. My name is Nick Rodriguez, and I have the privilege of serving as Ministry Assistant for Outreach and Engagement here at Marsh. Thank you for joining us as part of our community of worship today, whether you're here in the sanctuary, listening on the radio, or tele- live stream on the internet, or later via our podcast. For those of you joining us in the sanctuary, we invite you to fill out your name and contact information in the red pads found along the center aisle of each pew. This will help us to get to know you better and you to get to know one another better. For today, if you want to contribute to our art offerings, uh, Marsh Associate TJ will be in the Marsh Room during coffee hour for the Mosaic Project. Also, we'll be offering children's education today Students who wish to participate can follow me at the singing of the last hymn. Tomorrow, the chapel offices will be closed in observance of Veterans Day. This week is International Education Week, and Mars Chapel has a few different offerings for students to participate in. On Tuesday at 7 p.m. in the Thurman Room, the Global Ministry Department will be leading a discussion entitled Calling Home, in which we will be exploring the following questions about vocation. What is the purpose or meaning of a BU education outside the U.S.? How do we translate what we're learning to new or old contexts? How can we stay connected to our homes while we're studying here in the U.S.? If any of these questions resonate or fascinate, come join the Mars Chapel Global Ministry Department for a discussion about international student identity, vocation, and translation. Domestic students with an interest in thinking globally, transnationally, are more than welcome. As part of the Refugee Ration Challenge Week, 
MOVE, or the Marsh Organization for Volunteer Engagement, invites you to attend a film screening of Another News Story at 7 p.m. in Psi 109. On Wednesday, there will be a refugee advocacy panel at 7 p.m. in the GSU Conference Auditorium. On Friday, there will be a film screening. On Thursday, there will be a film screening uh, Casa and Tierra Hena, Home in a Foreign Land, at 7 p.m. in the STH Community Center on the lower level of the School of Theology. On Friday, BEU Hillel extends a warm welcome to the BU faith community for an interfaith Shabbat celebration. Dean Hill is a featured special guest. Shabbat dinner is free for students, but you must register on the Hillel website by Wednesday to attend. Lastly, with an announcement from the music department, Dr. Scott Allen Jarrett. It's my turn. Okay. I have two announcements. The first is will you please join me in thanking and welcoming our friends from the Inner Strength Gospel Choir for their leadership this morning. Always wonderful to have you leading in worship. Thank you so much for being here. Secondly, our, our second uh, installment this year of the Bach Experience is next Sunday, starting at 9.45 for the lecture and uh, demonstration, and then, of course, the cantata in the service, where we feature cantata number 46, Shavuot Dok und Seyet, ob irgendein Schmerz sei, or Behold and See if There Be Any Sorrow. Uh, it is the uh, sixth cantata that we perform from the summer of 1723, so a concentration of cantatas that Bach wrote when he first took the job in Leipzig, and it's been a year and a half in our survey, and I'm delighted to end that survey with this cantata number 46. It's, it's very difficult. We practiced it this morning, so please come next week, <laughs> 9.45, and then, of course, in the service at 11. Thank you very much, Nick. For all other news and upcoming events, please visit our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as the chapel website at bu.edu chapel, where there's also an opportunity for online giving. Now, as the ushers wait upon us for the offering, may we remember that it is a gift and discipline to be a giver.
Merciful God, everything in heaven and earth belongs to you. We joyfully release what you have entrusted to us. May these gifts be signs of our whole lives returned to you, dedicated to the healing and unity of all creation. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. all the good you can at all the times you can and all the ways you can and all the places you can to all the people you can as long as ever you can. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you peace now and forever. <laughs> 